Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. So you got your first massage in a long time mm-hmm. the other day. Yeah, like years. Probably what, the last time was neonatal and you had Michael one of the babies yeah we had the massage like school thing in Gainesville right and I was either I was either still pregnant with Michael or I had had Michael and it was like 25 bucks yeah for an hour so I would go once like once every four to six weeks and I felt like that was even kind of pushing it for our budget it was awesome because it was uh your doctor, mad well, shout out to Doctor Delker, right? She she uh, didn't she she prescribed it to you when I was pregnant, yes. Yeah, so they were covered by insurance, and that was delightful. I got yeah, a thirty cool. minute massage a week, like my last month of pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. You're gonna have some outs, outside sounds, I think, even after we edited this down a little bit, because we are podcasting outside for the first time, I think. Yes. With all the equipment. It's a nice day. It is it's it, it is a gorgeous day. It's less hot. Well, it was like hot as balls during baseball. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. And then we had we need rain like terribly. And I've talked to you about this before. Cause the lady the animal vegetable miracle lady, her name is Barbara. Babs. She's, yes, she's delightful. But she wrote that book, Animal Vegetable Miracle. Which is an awesome book about them. Uh, her family lived in Arizona, and her husband's family like had land in Southwest Virginia, and they like died and gave them the land or something. So they ended up moving to Southwest Virginia in this super, super, super old like fixer-upper farmhouse yeah. that had land. And so they did an experiment for a year, which is for one year's time, how much can we actually like localize everything that we do so pretend that the rest of the world doesn't exist yep and it's either we grow it ourselves or everything that we buy is locally sourced somehow farmer's market type thing yes and um it's an awesome book and that she goes over everything but you know they're years later um they're still at this they, like that one year of trial and error essentially changed them forever which is just and, and for sure like reading the book because the book was referred to us by our friends and um, it for sure has changed us a lot because we try to do the same thing of and, and we just so happen to live in the same state that they yeah, ended up moving but to Virginia is the probably one of the easiest states I would argue to do this in because of temperate climate i mean you have like when you think of like farmland i always think of like iowa and like kansas yeah i guess you think of like just the rows and rows of like corn and yeah. soybeans and but those places in the midwest which i grew up is you get the four seasons but it gets like it's cold yeah here in virginia is it's it's temperate like the average temperature it's like 50 something if you look at like the whole year yeah yeah like it's not bad at all. Yeah. 
And so um, things, the growing season is long, the soil's fertile, and you can do some shit. And we happen to live in an area where even if we didn't have our own garden or chickens or anything else, we very well could never go to the grocery store and just go to local stores for literally everything that we need. Just about. Yeah. Yeah, let's say the only time it would get a little sketchy would be during winter. Right, which is what, but she talked about that in the book, is they yeah. started the year in January. Which became, it was very, very difficult to find anything yet. A year later, once you prep for the winter, and they had canned things and they had frozen things, then it's it's not nearly as bad. But anyway. But but on the same topic before you, you go from yeah. this was uh, also, so the idea of like, oh, you have to get through winter. So it's like, I, I'll need to be able to go to the grocery store then yeah. for whatever. That's where, um, we've talked about them before, Polyface Farm with Joel Salatin is where he talks a lot about um, when we did last year did his um, lunatic tour lunatic tour was talked a lot and he talks a lot about it in his books too that we've read since or half read a number of them since is the idea of a larder yeah and it's just a word that doesn't like exist but was a regular thing forever for most most people and this is the concept, right, of building a larder, building what it is, is a food surplus, you know, in, in the basement of your home or in an area that's cool and dark, that essentially you can keep all of those fresh foods, vegetables, whatever, that you would have had during the peak of the harvest mm-hmm. that you then can eat throughout the course of the year. Yes. And that was definitely something that we have embraced at different points, more so to where if you have an area where you can eat um, the local shit mm-hmm. that it's if you have local green beans it's most of the time for us it started like baby all of its baby steps mm-hmm. but it definitely started with us eating like getting some local stuff that's not organic from fresh foods mm-hmm. right but this is the idea of like a local farm local farm stands that kind of stuff that's local at the farmer's market but being able to not just get what you need for that week, because that oftentimes is what gets, I know, um, listening to folks that are over in like Europe, it's like, oh, it's so nice being able to go to the market and you just, you go on your bike, you get whatever you need that day, everything's fresh, yeah. and then that's what you have for that day. And it's like, that sounds great, but the problem is, is that like strawberry season mm-hmm. is two weeks long. Yeah. And then there's no more strawberries for the rest of forever until you come back next year. And it's like, well, no, mm-hmm. that's not how folks did it. That's not how folks do it now either. Well, s- certainly but, not. No, they go to the grocery store. But if you want to try and do this farmer's market style. Yes. Is that you actually can, you can can foods, mm-hmm. right? But the idea is that, yeah, right. But you have this larder. The idea is that what you do is you buy more green beans than you can eat that week. And it's like, well, I can't I can't have that much produce. You get the Misfits box on top of what we normally do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I can't have that much because it's just going to go bad. I'm going to throw stuff away. And it's like, that's not the point. The point is actually then the next no. level, like the level up the psychotity of... Well, like I remember like your parents for a while yeah. were exclusively shopping at Sam's. I'm like, why are you shopping it? Like every time we would go to their house, there would be like the 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 industrial size thing of blueberries Ten that are pounds like of blueberries. that are all like mold, and we're like, what? It's like, oh well, we were at Sam's, and it's like, yeah. okay, but it's just two of you. Yeah. So that's fine to buy the industrial size thing of blueberries, but like, 
to freeze them. Yep. And that or eat them. Or so like last year is I spent it was $35 for a bushel of local green beans and I got them at the end of July last year. Yep. Cuz I dated it. And I still a year later have a pack left in my freezer. And we're still alive. Oh, well yes. Yeah, we haven't died. Yes. But it's and and granted I understand it's work. And for me, for a lot of people, like, because I broke down the price last year between my canning of my tomatoes. Now, see, this one local farm stand is awesome because they'll sell, like, this quote-unquote scratch and dent stuff. So, you can get, like, a literal box of either, like, tomatoes are starting to mold or, like, are discolored or misshapen. And it's three bucks. Yeah. And there's, like, the canning tomatoes, quote-unquote, that are gorgeous and red and are certain flavor. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. Because right. they all they end up as I make salsa, I make spaghetti sauce, yeah. or I just can tomatoes and then I use them throughout the year. But I looked at the price. I bought a box of her regular canning tomatoes plus what we had in our garden, and the amount that I got it ended up being like fifty nine cents a can. Yeah, which is like that I could just go to the store and pay that price. But for me, and it was the same with the green beans. The green beans ended up being like a dollar I think it was like a dollar 15 for my each bag that I froze. Right. Um because I had to include the cost of the freezer bags and whatever. Yep. But for me it's 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 the knowledge of how to do it. Because I feel like that is greatly lost. Is my people like, I don't know what, like, what does blanching even mean? And it's like... Yeah, Blanche is the name of one of our chickens. It is the name of one of our chickens from the Golden Girls because she's a golden chicken. Right. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. But, um, it's, if I say these things, if you say larder, if you say blanching, if you say canning... If you say fruit pectin, like most, most people are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And for me, it's, I know what each of those things are and I use them consistently. And that means we're better than you. Yes. <laughs> no, it's what it, it, it's just like when shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. And if last year didn't put a fire under your ass of like, holy shit. Yeah. There's no food left in the stores. There's no, you can't find meat, like all these things. I think for most people, it's just like what are we gonna do and it's for me it's like i know what to do because i butchered a chicken yeah so i could go in the backyard if my kids are starving and i can behead and de-feather and gut a chicken and i know how to do it and we for sure have had to have talked about this but it like to 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 put the bow on this this topic but the idea of like it's ultimately when you did the math and you looked at the time and effort and everything else that went into doing all that work yourself, you're like, that wasn't worth it. Cost wise. Yeah, well that's it doesn't make sense. But, but that's where it's this isn't a cost. This is not apple you're not comparing apples and apples. Yeah. On top of the fact that it's the reason why you're comparing an apple and an orange is because the idea of one, you talked about a skill. Mm-hmm. But the, the other piece is you talk about confidence. Like I have the confidence that I know how to do this yeah. should the need arise. But it's also the confidence that my food is right there. Right. And that's, and that's what that, that kind of coming full circle is the point of her book is there's so many things that go into localization. Cause a lot of people complain about this and, and, and I, and I understand the point of like, it is for me, 
why am I going to pay $3.50 a pound for me to have to go and labor and pick the damn peaches when I can just go to Kroger and they're 99 cents a pound? Right. But it's like, again, the idea of supporting local farmers. Sure. The idea of sustainability. The way that we treat agriculture now is so unsustainable that we are slowly but surely killing the planet. That's why they will argue that there are massive wildfires in California and there's severe droughts and there's mudslides and there's erosion and there's all these problems sure. that people are going to argue was like, well, these things naturally are. It's like, yeah, fuck you. Because the rate at which things have been expedited are a direct cause of man. And it's our lack of proper use of the land yeah um so so keeping things in your area keeps it sustainable it's better for the environment it supports local farmers and you get to truly understand and granted this is just something that interests me yeah is it the same way that it intrigued babs to be like i wonder if we our family could do this for a year is it's interesting to see like a let's pretend like it's 1746 yep and what would we do if we didn't have x y and z yeah because that's why we play that game of like pretend we're super poor for a while because we've been super poor in the past but it's like we don't run the air we dry our clothes on the line and we don't have a fun fund and we you know it's like we pretend like we have we don't like i don't have a dryer what do you do if you don't have a dryer right and it's um or you don't have air conditioning and it's like how long can you can you handle it um which i'm a big fan of for the sheer fact because we've talked about this a lot but the idea of like being uncomfortable yes the importance of being uncomfortable and kind of making sure that like i don't know making sure your shit still got it yeah, because it becomes, I mean, especially when your parents lived with us, like we had to compromise on the air situation because it would be like 95 and it do, it's like, it doesn't matter. The air stays at 70 yeah, and it's 68. like, but it's like, it's, and you have grandma is like bundled up in a blanket and it's 95 outside. It's like, so just turn up the heat for, or turn up the AC a little bit. <laughs> And you'll be warmer and more comfortable and then you're not using as much like it's but it's people are so accustomed to being as comfortable like that perfect 72 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the point. So Babs wrote this book. It's an amazing book. Animal, Vegetable, Miracle. Everybody should read it. It's wonderful. But she's they still live on this farm. Right. And she wrote this poem that I'm not even going to try. Well, you to, love poetry. Oh, I love... It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I hate I hate poetry. Which, it makes me real uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and for, but, like... To, so, ever, like, you will hear sarcasm in our voices, but this particular episode, we are testing filming, so you can actually watch our hand motions and sarcasm and uncomfortability with things yes I'm for this particular episode yes yes on tiktok because we're going to be tiktok famous really are we on tiktok yeah are we really i don't want to divert from your story continue oh god okay um but anyway so she wrote this poem and it was about like this the month of may i don't think we got like a drop of rain yeah and that doesn't rhyme (laughs) 
continue. Sorry. For most people, I think they look at a lack of rain as either like somewhat of an annoyance, like, oh, it's hot. I wish it would cool off. But I feel like most people, it's not even a thought. Like, they yeah. couldn't, they're like, what? What do you mean it hasn't rained? Like, well, it rain, rain is more of a nuisance. More, more of a nuisance if it does rain, right? But she was talking about how for people that farm, the, they literally live and die by the weather. And that's what you and I have talked about is, and, and it's multifaceted, it's not cut and dry. But a lot of the farmers are religious, like deeply religious people. Sure. And you can tell, like, there's such an element of just, they they have this, this great faith and this great belief because there are clear elements that are beyond their control. Yeah. And one of the great ones is weather. Yeah. But it's, she talked about, like, how detrimental and, and scary and downright dangerous it is to try to live off the land and not have a drop of rain during the planting season. Like how terrible that is. Yeah. Um, it's easy to see why, like, any native peoples, or really not even native peoples, but anyone from like 300 years ago, yeah. easily could have rain gods and yes. sun gods and oh, soil yes. gods. Cause it's like, whatever we need to do yeah. in order to be able to make this happen yes. to where we can have, you know, be able to have some type of control, even if it was like just pretend not pretend like you know what we're gonna hedge our bets we're gonna sacrifice this goat over here to be able to go to the sun gods or the rain gods to be able to make this all work out yeah it makes it makes sense but it's may was super dry and so far june was pretty dry as well but it was like hot as balls yeah and everybody was kind of you know we need the rain anyway but then um the literal day that baseball ends, the next day, it was supposed to rain all day, and of course it didn't. We got like a six and a half minute rainstorm, but it, and then it kind of spit rain the rest of the day, but it for sure cooled things off. Yeah. Hence why we're outside today is we've had a couple days where it's been, it's been very nice. So I think my dad has teased us about this before. Um, but it segues us into one of the topics that we wanted to talk about today, which was the idea of like, and I think he may have, has, may have teased you about it because of probably the more stark transformation or shift that I have had since we probably met, right, and got married, was the idea of like, did you anticipate like your husband going full, like full hippie and mm -hmm. full weirdo? Mm-hmm. And I think he's teased you or asked you those questions before. Mm -hmm. But this is a topic that we've talked about before. And I think we even referenced it on um, a pre one of our more previous podcasts. But the idea of like it's you're not. And it was all come from I think maybe it was a poem or a short story or whatever. But the idea of like this woman from her perspective was they had been married. Her and her husband had been married for like 80 years. It was something obscene. And... Um, and it was just like, what has it been like being married to one person for so long? And she's like, well, I haven't. I've actually been married to like four, different four different men. men. Yeah. But it's been the same man this whole time. Mm -hmm. And this premise that it's where where people oftentimes think, and you were the one that kind of called this out in one of the last episodes, which is like the idea of like people can't change, mm -hmm. people don't change, they're going to stay the same. It's bullshit. 
and, and it comes down to that same story. So combine those two thoughts of like, people don't change. And then this woman who's been married for so long of being like, I've been married to a different, four different men mm -hmm. for the last 60 years or whatever it was. And the concept that we change and we evolve so greatly. Mm -hmm. And it was a topic that I don't think we've ever have fleshed out, but it was definitely one that was interesting enough to where I was like, I think we should talk about this on the podcast, mm -hmm. which is, how we have evolved over time of you and I meeting and like being single and getting married mm -hmm. and just that transition. Cause I couldn't, I don't even know. I don't know how I would have reacted as the single version of myself at like 18 or 19 being like, yes, yeah, so you like be super into like only showering outside in like cold weather mm -hmm. and like farming chickens and you, you're not going to use soap yeah or plastic and and do those types of things yeah and start wearing like that'll be normal overalls, yeah. yeah no and, and and you and you will change again but it's the same thing of, of speaking of chickens because uh we recently had the babies yeah but it's it's so funny to see it with you know an interspecies thing is because you know you'll of course because i'm a mom is you see this stuff all the time especially around mother's day where it's like well you know science proves that like biologically we change like on a fundamental level once we become a mother it's like yeah duh <laughs> we don't need science to tell us that but it's it's just, it's it's so cool to see it because there are for sure are things that obviously when you're pregnant you biologically change and physically change right but there are things like that are are clear indicators that are there that are are meant for preservation because like the the i have always been a great sleeper never had trouble but once i had babies it is like the <gasps> They're not breathing like wake up from a dead ass sleep and just like no right that something's off like they've rolled the wrong way or whatever it is or like the 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 fact that you you can like when you're pregnant you have like this this obscene sense of smell like it's all purposeful for preservation it's like so you don't eat something that is terrible that can kill you you know what i'm saying it's, it's, oh yeah like it was like me when lucy would jump off the bed and was gonna shit on the floor yes 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 because you are a log. Literally, the children could be screaming bloody murder and you are just sawing logs like nothing happened. But, but if for that some puppy reason, jumped off that bed... When we had Lucy... To shit puppy, all over our floor. Our white apartment carpet. Well... <laughs> God like, damn it. It was no learned behavior for you. That you just... It was Pavlov's dog when you heard the jingles The jingles of her off the bed. <gasps> oh, God. Because <laughs> that is not delicious cappuccino that's being made at 2 a.m. That's what you said. That's dog shit. You have to explain that because it doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. Anyone? Okay. So one of my favorite. So the fact is, is that if you have someone that openly shits or an animal that shits all over the floor, there's two different smells, right? And this is two different examples that I have for this story. So one is when someone first lights a cigarette, there's a smell that's fantastic. Okay. And it's and it's and it's just for like maybe two seconds. And then it's a fucking cigarette. And you're like, okay. It's 
somebody smoking a cigarette. But there's a smell that happens, and I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever it ignites, it's like, that is lovely. Mm-hmm. I would like that in a candle. That would be wonderful. There's also a smell that when an animal shits on the floor, specifically on mauve to whitish carpet. And it's diarrhea. <laughs> that's diarrhea. It smells like... For 1.8 seconds. Delicious coffee. <laughs> delicious. And so here's the how funny that joke is. So I've always felt that to be true. Of like, you get hit with this wafting shit smell. But for a moment, you're like, oh, that's nice. And you're like, Ooh, wait, no, it's not. It's awful. Like, I taste it. So there's a movie called Ready to Rumble with David Arquette. Okay. And Oliver Platt. Okay. And it's a wrestling movie. Okay. Where David Arquette and then another dude that's a bro that are these diehard wrestling, like WWE, WWF, WCW wrestling fans. And this was definitely WCW because like Diamond Dallas Page and everybody's in it. But it's, they're diehard wrestling fans. Their job, day job, is um, emptying porta potties and like septic units at um, campgrounds. That's their day job. So they drive like the big truck that looks like a gas truck, but it's full of shit. Mm. In the movie, they crash early on. So him and his friend are crashed, so there's shit spilling everywhere. And they're crashed, and they're still seatbelted in. And and he's just like, oh, God, the smell is terrible. And David Arquette's character goes, I've always felt like it smelled a little bit like French toast. And I'm like, yes, that guy gets it. That's exactly it. And it's like, there's this weird smell. And then the character's like, yeah, French toast dipped in shit. But it's like, for an instant, there's like a, that's lovely. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, God. No, I it's didn't not. experience this, but you. It was me. And I, I could tell. I always knew. And I'm like, oh, God, this is not going to be. This is not cappuccino at 1.30. <laughs> this is dog shit. Diarrhea. Yes. So anyway. But what happened biologically, like, obviously things change, but it, it is cool to see it. Because we, I know people that have had, like, dogs, have puppies or cats, have kittens. But we've never experienced that except with our chicken. And so our chicken yeah. would was going broody. And she's been going broody for months. And what that means <laughs> yeah. is that it's... Um, when a hen has a desire to lay eggs, she starts getting real freaking weird. Where she, but it's more than just laying eggs. This is where she wants to now sit on the eggs and hatch yeah, well, she the wants eggs. to. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did I say laying eggs? Yeah. She wants to hatch eggs. She wants yeah. to have babies. So what she'll do is she stops laying eggs, um, typically. She will whatever you have to like collect the eggs from the nesting boxes very frequently because whatever's there she will sit on and sit on like till she freaking dies um but she's they typically start getting a little more aggressive they when you when you open up the nesting box they'll like fluff up their feathers to get real big yeah they get like Um, a bowling ball yeah they get hot physically hot so some of the ways a lot of people want broodiness it's like a character trait because there's a lot of chickens that don't have broodiness and there's certain species that yeah, are more like like, tur- than like turkeys for instance they talk about this in babs's book okay so if you get a heritage breed turkey if you get a turkey turkeys in general like turkey sex because she has a whole chapter on turkey sex hell yeah <laughs> because like 
they, it's like pandas. Like they, do, like they, we have bred oh. out the desire really to procreate. Like so bulldogs. getting them, yeah, to have sex, and then getting after they've had sex to like sit on the eggs is is a is a damn chore. And so, especially with heritage birds and the birds that like are commercially bred now, is. Like they have whatever the the turkeys that lay the eggs, and then it's just this like perpetual cycle where, um, I think it's like forced sex that they do. <gasps> I know. I don't think it's rape. Turkey rape. I think it's like they forced... take the male and they like force him to rape I, I, the female. I, yeah, just, I think it's like just smash it up against her. <laughs> I think it's like it's 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 a joint. Like it's forced on on both. For both parties involved. It's not one-sided. but the, It's this, about time that it, people recognize that males can be forced to be rapers. <laughs> yes. Continue. Yes. Um, anyway. Hashtag stop turkey rape. Hashtag me too, yes. Um, but, gosh, I've lost it. Anyway, so they like struggle to procreate. Right. And the ones that because it's the same idea with chickens is is the chickens that you eat are broiler chickens that make it a grand total of about nine weeks of their life people will argue it's like well you shouldn't kill them and it's like no you don't understand no, 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 the broil- uh, broiler bro- broiler birds are different that that's what i'm saying is yeah, that yeah. it's 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 people will argue of like oh well you shouldn't you can't kill them like it's 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 rude to kill them you need to let them live out their life it's like bitch you don't understand that this breed of broiler chicken, a Cornish cross chicken, if you look it up, right, is they have been bred to be freaks. I always thought broiler birds were something different. Broiler broiler birds were birds that were you weren't going to eat their meat. Meat birds, which is the Cornish cross, is this weird freakish Frankenstein hybrid. No, broilers. That is a hybrid. Is, that's it, what it is. Is that what you? The, I know there's like differences between like a fryer and a broiler and a whatever, but like the broiler ones are what you eat. Right. Okay. And you've read these books more than I have. Yes. I just can they the hear the chickens in the background? I don't know if they'll be able to hear them, but the yeah. chickens are getting quite loud right yes. now. But um, we're gonna be famous. Yes, but it's the these the Cornish cross birds are meant to. They have been bred to develop such big breasts. Big boobs. Yes, giant breasts because that's what Americans eat if you go if, if we were to kill one of our hens in the back and people were to see that de-feathered they're gonna be like ew that's a scrawny yeah, it's super thing. small it's yeah. and they're super small and it's well that's what a chicken is it's you bastards have just learned that you the bigger the better right so they have bred this breed of chicken to develop super large breasted meat yeah within nine weeks within nine weeks the problem is is if you let them go they become so top heavy that they can no longer walk like it's more yeah. torturous to let them live they're than it, Yes. Truly people, bred to die. Yes, and people don't understand that. Same yeah. with turkeys. Is that the commercial turkeys that you buy are the same way. Is they're yeah. bred to have these giant breasts and they're going to be top heavy and fall over and it's a problem. And they're so skanky looking. Yes. Yes. So, I'm losing the point. So, she had heritage birds getting... Okay. Broodiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is getting them... If you find one that is broody, some people look for... Just like her. Like, she had a broody turkey and it was like this thank massive God. outlier. Thank God. And it was like a big deal that they were able to procreate with their turkeys. Yeah. So a lot of farmers will look for hens that are chickens that are broody because a lot of the broodiness character trait has been bred out of them. Sure. For backyard farmers that don't want it. 
right? Right, right. Because it's not it's not good. Because Amy referenced it earlier, but the idea is like it's if you have a bird that is broody, if you don't have a rooster, you run the real risk where they will die. They'll stop. They stop eating. Well, they, they stop, stop yeah, laying eggs. They they're only, useless to you. Yeah, depending on the level of broodiness that they get, is typically when a hen goes broody. And I'm gonna screw this up and whatever. Who the fuck cares? Yeah, Just but understand it's that, like, like about for about once a day, they'll get up for probably a 20, 30 minute period to do their business, but that's it. Yeah. The rest of the time, they're sitting on eggs. And if they get brood enough, they may not get up to, like, do anything. And so, like, to contrast that, if you don't have chickens, which is probably be the majority of you, is that it's the chickens all day long mm-hmm. are eating. Yes, they, they are literally scratching. They're cruising around, they are scratching, they're eating, they're fucking around. Yeah. The whole day long. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So um, it's 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 a very apparent behavioral change. Yeah. And um, we, of course, have one goes broody. So the way to we as a backyard farm, you try to break their broodiness, and there's a, a myriad of things that you can do to break it. Well, we have done all these things, and this bitch, her name is Rose, also a golden girl. All um, our golden girls are named after golden girls. Yes. We're just missing Sophia, but that's okay. We'll get her one day. One day. We have a Dorothy, a Rose, and a Blanche. But um, she continued to want to be broody. So finally, and and the way to break it, which I knew deep down, is like, well, you have to let her sit on eggs. But because we don't have a rooster, we'd have to get fertilized eggs. Yep. And I didn't. I don't want more chickens. No, you don't. Because I'm content with my level, and we have nosy fucking neighbors yes. that it's we're already kind of pushing the limits with it. But... John went and essentially took care of it, and we ended up. Well, we we can mention it. So it's a local farm that's yes. here. Heb farm. It was at the farmers market. Heb Delightful farm. people. Yeah. Fabulous people. And it was cool. And we so we John just went up and was like, "Hey, you, uh, you chickens. sell chickens? Yep. Uh, do we want to do this? Do you have any fertilized eggs?" He's like, "Why? Well, never been asked that before." So he was super nice. Had us come to his farm and just gave us eggs. Yeah. As like an experiment. Because another thing, too, is, like, you can order fertilized eggs, but you have to... It's, like, a dozen. And yeah. I definitely, with me not wanting chickens anyway, I'm like, okay, I want to break her of her breediness, but I don't want a dozen babies cruising around. But the reason, too, it's important to understand, like, also, is why do you do a dozen or they even give you a baker's dozen was because, one, it's you could lose them in the mail. Mm-hmm. They can die. Which is very common. But, two, you're not always... can You can't guarantee that they're going to be fertilized. Yeah. And here's what's crazy. is that a rooster will copulate... Copulate with a uh, a hen. It's something I'm seeing like, like 20, 20 times a day. Ten or twenty. Yeah, times so, uh, a day. talk about rape, but it's um, a number of times. So most of the time, like all eggs are fertilized. And this was just uh, quickly because it's not the point of the story, but it's like it's every egg that you're gonna eat. It is you just take those eggs and then you either refrigerate them or don't let them be sat sit on sat on. Yeah, this is a, this. I don't know the validity of this. This is according to the dude. But it's just it's, you take the eggs and as long as they don't get sat on, they can't become baby chickens. And that's we what you know, but we know that because we don't have a rooster, none of the eggs that we have are fertile. But anyway, so the dude gave us the fertile eggs and we put them under her. Just four. Yes. Yeah. We lost one. And an oopsie and a freak accident. freak accident yes but so we were like what the hell do we do and it's it was so cool to watch because it's like it's 21 days and it was 21 days on the freaking dot because we were pretty sure we're like 
because even the guy was like we've never done this before i don't know if it's gonna work because it's like the transfer of the eggs mm. like depending on when you pull them and where you put them and if they sit on them and it, all these circumstances that there's just ever well because they freak you out like it's like you know if you're running these things on incubators it's got to be like 97.5 degrees right because be we've like done chicks shit. in a what's called brooder which right. is that you don't have a mommy you get fertilized eggs or you get um, baby chicks. chicks, and those bastards need to be. It's gotta be hot. Like, have yeah, like a it special ha- it's gotta be like 95 stuff. degrees, literally. Yeah. Um, so we were like, this is probably not gonna work, because it was day 20, and there was just there was nothing. Well, and we just. It, <laughs> I tried to keep us from being too involved because there were so many things that like being neurotic and being worried, there's There's, so many things you could be worried about. It's like, it's, you don't have any fucking control over any of this. It's kind of like up to this chicken of whether or not it's going to be able to figure it out. But sure enough, 21 days on the dot, these bastards start to hatch. Yeah. And it's so crazy because Rose was this just sweet chicken even when she would go broody which is which is not normal usually when they go broody they become little bitches yeah so it's like they will peck like you have to wear gloves they will peck at you they will they get real nasty and she would fluff up like she tried to get big and scary but it's like oh you're adorable and she'd still let us pick her up and everything but on the literal day that the babies came she changed she became she started pecking at you it's now um she has the nobody's we're not in a war zone those are gunshots because because i have the headphones on so everything's magnified yeah so i'm just like what is that it's the fourth of july and then okay fireworks yes but it's the babies now are they cruise with mom and it's it's just so cool to see and like you can see through the body language and the behavior that that's a mom yeah she has changed from a just a hen into a mom yeah and that's what's so cool and i think it's the strain of a lot of of relationships um with people is that it's it's like well this is not who i married they don't even recognize you and it's like I I never I don't understand that because it's what did you think was going to happen and the but the most like men change as well but the most apparent change for women clearly is that change from single independent woman to married woman to mother yeah for those that have children and and that transition to motherhood is so vast and it changes you on such a foundational level literally every part of your you know mentally emotionally physically all the things you change yeah and you continue to evolve as your children age as well because they put you through the fucking ringer like because the idea that it's like well people don't change people are the same it's like no but if you keep your circumstances the change or i'm sorry if you keep your circumstances the same and you keep continually spinning your wheels and doing the same bullshit over and over and over and over again yeah it's it's the that's like whatever it is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result right that's what people seem to do with their lives because nobody ever wants to get uncomfortable so they never have the opportunity to grow and change and and you have to be a part you have to be um participatory 
Yes. For change. And, and this is where another piece where we'll talk about that, that, that I think of is like, it's oftentimes you'll hear, um, talk about like the mistakes where a female will try and get a male. Like it's, if I get pregnant, he'll change. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's a big difference and, and I'll make more of a grand sweeping statement, but there's, there's a big difference of being participatory of wanting to still be like, what's the phrase? Everyone can father a child. Males can father children, but it takes a lot to be a dad. Okay. And the idea is like, it's, you can make babies. Right. But sticking around is a conscious choice right. and being participatory in what it means to be a dad and do those things that of of caring and just all those pieces those are the intangibles that it's you can have people that it's just like it's I didn't want to ha- have anything to do with this mm-hmm. and they split mm-hmm. and it, the idea is like you you can't for, <clears throat> you can't make somebody change right and it's you have to participate I think a big piece of it and there could be outliers but the reality is grand sweeping it's you have to be participatory of that change from a male's perspective females y'all are changing yeah like there's just changes there are hormone changes there's like you said physical changes there's all these things that are going to happen so it's very less voluntary mm-hmm. for females for males it seems to be very much where it's like I'm in this I'm in it to win it. I want to be here. I want to be able to allow it's myself. It's a conscious choice. Yeah, because it's because as a male, you don't have to worry about anything. No. Especially if you're single. Like, it's all we did was school, football, drink, and video games. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is the mistake. Is is I think that, that when people say, oh, well, people don't change, it's... What they mean by that is I've tried to change somebody and they won't change. And that's what what it is. is like, no, no, no. You can't change the person. Exactly. But he can change. Yeah. But it has to be on him. And and that's exactly. It's another way of saying it. So it definitely is that that you have to be participatory in that evolution. And you can't evolve. Because the fact is, is that you and I, when we were first together, it's completely different Mm -hmm. than now at three kids and what's important is the idea of that we evolve together yeah we have been lucky in that respect but we also but it's it's, go ahead ahead. it's work and and this is where people talk about because you've said so often to me where it's like it's I don't understand when people say that marriage is work yeah that this is hard yeah because for for whatever however people want to feel about those things and feel about our position on it is go fuck yourself it's our thing so if you don't listen don't listen but it's definitely our perspective is that it's it hasn't ever really been work because you and i have been essentially simpatico by what week two of dating Mm -hmm. for whatever it was for whatever reason Yes, you are, you are my therapy dog. Like it, the idea that it, like I haven't felt like it has been a single day has been hard married to you. But and I know it's like it seems like we're lying, right? Because we fight and we get in arguments for, and for, we have tips. For sure. But that it's never it's never felt like 
because I've seen it in other people's relationships where like their marriage is a stressor. <laughs> yeah. Like it is difficult to, for them to stay married. And it's just, I don't, I don't, un- I see it, yeah. but I don't understand it is because it's, if, if I, if you were not around, it would be bad news bears for me. I would not have survived to this point. I need your presence on a fundamental level in I, my life. I think you give me a lot of credit, but yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Oh no. All <laughs> truths. I have problems, but it's, I, but what I mean by that is that it's whatever has been with us is we have, and we communicate very openly. Right. For the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. But, so we don't hold things in, and we don't hold grudges. And I know that some relationships struggle to just communicate, and and fortunately we don't have that. Or we haven't yet, I should say. Because it's, again, as we continue to evolve and change, Yeah. I don't know. But the one thing that seems to have helped, yeah. right? Because there isn't, this is certainly is not like any type of relationship advice in any way. No. But definitely the same is the idea of like not allowing one another to evolve without the other. Yeah. So it's very much, it's like, this is the direction that I want to go. And it's, and we have not ran into a situation where it's like, I'm unwilling to evolve in that direction with you. Yes. It's I'm thinking about doing these things and this is what I want to do. Now, probably it hasn't been anything as crazy as like, I'm thinking about that we should swing yeah. And be able to swap partners with other people in the neighborhood. Yeah. That might be a harder evolution yes. to get on board with. Yes. But the reality is, is that there's been, it's the idea of like, and, and, and this is going to sound super cheesy because we have not gotten to be able to do this as much as I would want to. And we've talked about it, but this is the struggle of having kids where it's like, you don't get to date each other anymore. Mm-hmm. So the courting thing is done. But I know so many old people that just is like, that is what they harp on. The idea is like, never stop dating your spouse. Your spouse. And I think that, like, I can't recall, like, there was one time when my parents went to a wedding. Just the two of them. Yeah. But, like, I can't recall my parents going out, just the two of them, like, on a date where we were babysat but we also i grew up like i said where you know grandma is literally lives behind us and nana is down the street so there was always family available so it wasn't like we were stuck with a babysitter right um but my parents are like us in the sense that like they live together they work together like they're together 24 7 yeah. And they still are together. And the only reason why I liked you right early on, like when we were dating, one, you had great shoes and great boobs. Bless you. You're welcome. But the biggest piece was that I literally could say or do exactly what I wanted. And you seemed to not be turned off by that. Mm-hmm. So being able to share exactly what I was, because it wasn't my experience up until that point yes. where I very much had evolved or morphed into what 
the folks that I, the f- people that I, I was with to be what some separate version or a different version of what I really was. Mm-hmm. But it was you just didn't care. Mm-hmm. It just and in fact it was less than it was it was even more than that. It was like I don't care. It's like no, I still like I kind of still really like you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like if you're into skulls and whatever and weird shit. Yeah, I mean we get we align on a lot of things and like a lot of the same things but it's for sure not everything no. like <laughs> for sure your music literally gives me anxiety yeah today and today i get in the car because i because i knew i had it on spotify so i knew i had it because it was my because <laughs> my my whatever my spotify playlist was like whatever was most recently listened to is what the alarm is for the next morning so it gets a little insane for the alarms like ridiculous so cannibal corpse woke me up this morning so i knew when i got in the car <laughs> when i got in the car cannibal corpse is already queued up so when i got in the car we hooked up the bluetooth and i was like all right everybody what are we listening to Can- cannibal corpse for today and then push play <laughs> push play <laughs> And it was awesome. It was everything that I thought it would like, be. Because I, I... Okay. If you have just tuned in on this episode only and have not listened to anything else that I've said, I suffer greatly from anxiety. <laughs> like, I'm not... I should probably not be exposed to the, to the regular world because I suffer so much. Right. But it's... Your music literally makes... Like, on a physical sense, makes me uncomfortable. Like, I, I hate it. And it makes me want to murder people with an axe. Yes. Yes. But you have... I have the desire to fight. Yeah. You do. Like, I often have yeah. weird, like... Listen, if... We're going to have separate episodes, which will be weird sex episodes, that Amy will <laughs> and I will talk about whatever she's about to go into just now. That'll be on our Patreon. So no. <laughs> sign up. $5 a month. No, but, like, for sure... I I am a fighter. I am not like a pacifist. For sure. But your there are things your music, your desire to lift heavy things. Yeah. And tattoos and drinking. I don't have any tattoos. Yeah. You love them. It's true. And I like I we will could have not them. be further Everyone will know once we are completely and totally debt free and I'm no longer worried about money in any way. Because tattoos will start popping up on my body. Mm. I'm so sorry. I'm so mm, mm. You do you. <laughs> but, uh, but this is why I could have a mo. I mean, I had a mohawk for like three and a half years. Yeah. As an adult with children. And you have... Your beard is... What? Is to your oh. titties now. But... Is it? It when Yeah. I mean, you're at the, the nip line there. It is. And it's, nipples are down here, though. I got time. <laughs> I got a few more. I got another year of growth before we get down here. Um, but it's no, no, it's, yeah, no. But for sure, it's people, it's people ask stuff. me all the time where it's like, "Do you like his beard like that, or do you like his hair?" I'm like, "It's nothing to do with me. It's <laughs> his goddamn beard. It's his face. It's his life." Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, until he starts like ta- if you decide to tattoo a swastika on your forehead, there it, it, it won't it's be the still first. Forehead, that won't be but, the first tattoo. No, that would be but, way. There would be. There would have to be a lot of. There would be a lot of changing. Yes. For swastikas on the face. But you know, I may have never say tattoo. never. Yes, but anyway. Yeah. Is the point is is that 
there are a lot of things about your personality that don't align with mine and vice versa. Right. But we do have a lot of commonality. True. On a lot of things. And I think that that's a, a big important piece of but but that's the piece that i think is the work and it's not work in the sense of like oh my god like the ball and chain work because yeah. that definitely has been my parents stopped listening to this uh, our uh, podcast long ago when they lived with us oh they did early and then oh god when they were because <laughs> then when they were with us then they slowly realized that they shouldn't listen to the podcast anymore which for obviously obvious reasons you can go back about a year and a half and you'll start to understand why but it was um the fact was is that like my dad's attitude always was about being married is like it's in order to be able to stay happily married you just have to suffer mm-hmm. and that was always it this is like, well, you know, life sucks, but this is what well, you got to ha- do. Happy wife, happy life to the nth degree. Yeah, but at like a sacrifice for yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. And that was just, that was to oftentimes, and I don't want to, like, this episode is long already as we go, but it's like, I don't want to stretch it out too long. But the idea of, of that concept was huge for me because I learned, and we've touched on this before, but it's the idea of like your parents are either you there they can be examples for what you want to do or examples of what you don't want to do mm-hmm. and just the fact is, is there's, there's so much of what my parents did that are examples of what i don't want to do mm-hmm. and that i don't do and certainly this is one of the things where it's just like it's i can't have it be i can't watch what my dad did and continues to fucking do mm-hmm. where it's just well it's the way it's gonna have to be. Yeah. It's like I it, like no, just, like just fucking pyramid. have a goddamn backbone just and say misery. something. Now you may not be able to do it when it's thirty-five years. Well, but th- that's where it was like thirty-five years removed, where you are spineless about yeah. something. That's where for me it was like just early on. It just was like no, like if I disagree or if I have an opinion, I'm gonna, yeah. we're going to fucking talk this out early on mm-hmm. and you're going to understand this. Like, no, I'm not just going to roll over on this topic. And that's probably where it's going to be, where it's okay. I dig that. I dig what you're saying. I may disagree with you or I agree with you, but it was early on in our relationship where it was just exactly, there was no like, a, Oh, this is so great. And it's like, whatever she wants. And it's like, no, I'm genuinely not fucking interested in that. Well, I and I got an I got annoyed when you did it. Because if it was like, oh, something as simple as where do you want to eat or what do you want to do or what do you want to watch? It was like you had the opinion sometimes it's just like, oh, well whatever you want to do. And it's like I'm not if I only wanted to do what I wanted to do, then I would just do it. I'm asking you because I genuinely want your opinion. Right. I don't want you to just pacify me. And then I, I would say sushi. Yeah. You would and you'd be like, mm, okay. Well. Fuck you. <laughs> no. But it... There were, there were obvious things in the beginning that you were, quote unquote, trained to be like, it seemed. Yeah. The examples, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I didn't... But, it, I mean, it was from our first date where it's, I paid the goddamn bill. Right. And don't you dare open a door for me. I still opened them. You misogynistic asshole. Right. I will do it myself. Thank you so much. And certainly my dad never opened the door for my mom. 
I'm sure he did. For sure did not. Not 35 years later. Not when I was a kid. Well, anyway. There's certain things that I deem to be important. Good for you. God damn it. Okay. But no, we've talked about it before. So there, there's, just, there's certain pieces where it just was being unapologetically who we are as we go through that and being able to kind of meet on the same. And I think we've just been. I but, do believe that it has been lucky that as we move through each evolutionary thing, but it's also just it, this is the work part where it's just it's it, it, here's something that gets rather personal, but I think everybody can acquaint, um, can relate oh, to God. it. But what everyone can relate to it. Talk about? Where it's just like it's can you, can, <laughs> no. Ah, can I'm gonna you go mime for it. it out to no. me before you say yes. <laughs> so it's the idea of like when you are when you are single or you are recently married, you don't have kids. Sex is rampant. Well, yes, right. Our, yes, and I'm not, and it is right, and that's the time period that's supposed to be. They're neat, part of the evolution and we'll use sex as the topic because it's making you super uncomfortable is the idea that it's as you get older and as we continue to have kids it's like the evolution of what can like it's having sex is no longer as easy as it once was because now you don't have to fucking worry about kids and now you gotta worry about like and and one of the shows we're watching on slowly but we're watching on hbo is watchmen Mm-hmm. And the two characters that one of the characters that we watch, her her husband and her wife are always having sex in their bedroom's closet. Yes. And it's like, that's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I completely understand why that's the case. Because mm-hmm. you got fucking kids. Mm-hmm. And they're all over the goddamn place. And they don't knock. Mm-hmm. And you lock the goddamn door. And what do they do? They unlock the goddamn door from the outside. Mm-hmm. So you definitely can't get caught in a dangerous position <laughs> while the kids are coming in asking for water. They're going to get a whole lot more than they anticipated. <laughs> so the reality is like it's that you have to be willing to evolve for little stuff like that. And if it's just like, oh, well, fuck it. She's not in the mood and you leave it at that, mm-hmm. then it's it can be super easy to where it's, oh, well, the, you know, the chick that doesn't have kids who has no responsibilities, then off you go and you go and fuck those people because now you don't have as much burden. Yeah. And so that's why it's, for me, it's like, that's a thing that hits home because that definitely hits home for you so much because of the idea of like, it's anyone that's an adulterer is the worst person on the planet. And we've talked about this before. Have we? Oh my, yes. My. We've talked about like, I think it was on Martin Luther King day where we talked about like, well, Martin Luther King was a great man, but he also cheated on his wife. So I struggle. With that he's break. the worst person that's ever walked the earth. Yes, I struggle. At least Hitler didn't cheat on his wife because he wasn't married. <sighs> I didn't know that. I know. I thought. Hashtag are you facts. Sure? No, Ava Braun was his girlfriend. Anyway, I'm pretty sure he was gay. Micro penis. That's my favorite. One of my favorite things that they. This is a huge tangent, but like the History Channel, right before they like went off the fucking deep end, and it was just like UFOs and Bigfoot. Like right around that time period, they're like, "Was Hitler such an asshole because he had a micro penis?" I'm like, "Oh, eight o'clock. We'll record that." <laughs> I want to know about Hitler's penis, anyway. But it is—you have to be willing to kind of play that game and evolve with that. And if you don't, it's super easy to be like, "Ah, fuck it." Like, no, I'm not going to do that. But that is for me. It's it. That's. It's not that it's part of the fun, but it's part of like it's you're willing to evolve with that process. 
But and I think you and I are able to articulate each other's strengths and weaknesses well. So it's you know that you have to drag me along for things. Sure. Because I struggle with stepping outside my comfort zone. So you very much, whether it's for the business or what we want to do as a family, whether it's the idea of we're getting chickens, Amy. And it's like, no, we can't get chickens. This is a terrible, it's just, it's happening. Or it's, we're starting a podcast. We have chickens. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. It's whatever it is. Or it's, we're you moving to Europe? Like all these things (laughs) is you are just like this word. I'm announcing it. It's happening. I'm going to drag you with me. It's going to be okay. That's why you're my therapy dog is because I cannot sure jump into the deep end without you it's impossible but i also know about you is that you say yes to all the things true and you want to do all the things and i have to keep us grounded in some element of reality so it's you and i play well you're looking at me like no, you don't agree no i'm 100 percent. i'm what i'm doing is i'm going through all of the scenarios in which, like, where I would try and like be like, we should go over here and to go do this. She's just like, no, like that's we, like we cannot we can't do. do that right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Fill in the blank. <laughs> Any of the topics. Yes. Yeah. But it's there, like, there's compromise on both ends, but it it's never a compromise where it asks us to become. Because if you push me too much, for sure, or drag me too much then that's when conflict does arise. And I let you know of like, I am not, com- like that you're, you right. need to back the fuck off because right. you're pushing me too much. And you, but, and you, you literally, literally say that. Yes. Right. But, and vice versa, is then if I try to stay too much in my shell and keep our family in the shell, you will call me on my bullshit as well. Which right. is just like, a, no, we need to do this because this is going to allow us to do X, Y, and Z. Right. But it's, it's, I think it's easy to look at your partner and assume that, which I mean, and I struggle with it too, because I feel like, you know, if we look at us from being a single woman, because I was into, I mean, I was on my own since I was 19. I lived on, I, I mean, I very well, and I talk about this, like, I could have been married with children at, like, age 14 and been totally fine. It's illegal in several states. I know. <laughs> I know. But, like, I, all I wanted, like, I want to be a doctor. But I wanted to be a mom. Like, I wanted to be married with a family in the suburbs and, like, very early on. That's why I struggled. I know. So many people listening just like... My literal, literal nightmare. Literal like, nightmare. And most of them probably have 14-year-olds. So and we like have a this. stage five clinger. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it, no, but <laughs> because whatever happened, like, developmentally with me, whatever, is I never went through, like, this weird, rebellious, wild party phase. Like, I very much have been a 40-year-old librarian, and you joke about that, but because we have photographic evidence. yeah one of these times we'll have to somehow be able to share like these photos <laughs> of like when you were 11 it was you just your mother just did you no favors <laughs> zero zero but it's i mean it was my personality as well is i just and that's i think the hardest point for me like i enjoyed high school i had friends but i wanted to get the fuck out of there as soon as possible and it's why my college experience was rough was because for me, 
like I enjoyed the learning aspect of it of course because I'm a giant nerd but it's I didn't have these wonderful social experiences that other people had because I never had that 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 normal developmental phase of being adolescent and youthful and rebellious and carefree and all these things and so by the time I mean I graduated high school early and then I went on my own and I started college early but then like I moved to Florida at 19 on my own and 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 had a full-time job and went to college and took care of my all my own shit very early on but I look at that phase of my life and I was independent educated had desires to do things right and then I meet you and finally it's like this is what I have wanted for now a decade at this point is someone to like settle down with and have the white picket fence dream right so then we get married and I'm still able to like fulfill the desires of like you know with a career focus because there's no kids involved but then quickly once we got married it was I, I want the family we've now checked one box on marriage I want the family and then once the kids started rolling in everything gets pushed on the back burner to now I feel like like the growth and development for you has propelled you in an upward trajectory trajectory and I feel like I have gone downhill well, I feel it, it yes <laughs> right because I can't argue with you you just said that right that's yeah. how you feel you're right you're a big failure I know it's but only in that one aspect of your life because what you're talking about is like your whole goal mm -hmm. all your life was to be a mom home pick a fence mm -hmm. kids mm -hmm. well you're kicking ass yeah on that track right yeah because that's the track you always wanted was this piece yeah and this piece as you went and you're like well dudes don't seem to like me i'm not super into women yet right so yeah, the reality me, well i mean yeah. yeah it's like fuck you you keep striking out for another decade you're like well i guess we give women we're a muff shot. surfing now and this is what we do but it's this track with me it's i can have all these things that i've always wanted so mm -hmm. you just i mean onward and upward yeah you three kids we've owned multiple homes mm -hmm. um that never were duds mm -hmm. that we've been lucky with and just it's you're whatever like you two dogs chickens and yeah like all the things there. right yeah. exactly um but as you were waiting for that to become a reality you also then also built up like your backup plan which was being a career woman yeah that piece of your personality which is very strong mm -hmm. which of course was tied to education and tied to smart and dominating in a classroom setting and all these pieces that definitely you can hang your hat on that piece for sure right it's just an utter failure mm -hmm. because the odds of being able to truly have both of those at the same time i think those women and really it's just those people that are capable of hitting a home run in both aspects at the same time are just truly outliers yeah it's, it, it takes such a very unique scenario or circumstance and in fact i'd be willing to bet dollars to donuts that it's there is no aspect that you can successfully navigate both, both. of those realms without having sacrificed something some type of piece of it right and and i understand that but and in it 
but my point is, is like, talk about change is who, because we've been married for what? This is 13. 13, I think. Okay. So, 13 years ago, the person that I was, in terms of personality traits, whatever, it is, I am different. I am, I'm much more, but it's, but it's also, it's this discovery, I think, because when you marry, typically you're younger, right? But it's, it's this development into who you are. Right. But I also, I don't know, and it'll be interesting, like, statistically speaking, because this is the first generation where, like, people are like, no, I'm not going to get married or, like, start settling down till I'm 35. It's like, that didn't exist. For before. sure. I mean, there are lots of folks right. that I went to high school with that are, like, for sure, that were older than me, yeah. that they're all just barely getting married right yeah. now. Yeah. But that's... And it's it's weird. It's one of those weird things where, like, never in a million years would you expect the arranged marriage situation to have, like, a better success rate well, than... For sure, I think it does. But it does. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, what? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Is I think this is kind of that same thing, is the more that people are able to be single for longer, I think the harder that they struggle, as opposed to evolving with somebody. And it's hard for me psychologically because, like, Michael's 11 this year, right? So in less than a decade, in nine years, if he's like us, he will be married. Because you got married when we when you were twenty, 20 yeah. and I was twenty two. Yep. And so, like, that's appalling to me as a mother, because <laughs> the child can't walk straight, and the fact that like he could be legally tied to another human being, sure, is is insanity to me. But. I think that there is a unique benefit that we had against, and it was against everybody's goddamn advice for all the things, anything we've ever done has been like, uh, for sure. What the fuck are you thinking? But it's you and I have that unique perspective of, of being able to like not fully come into who we were as individuals yet. Yeah. We were able to like intertwine who we were and so much of who I have become is part of my marriage to you. Like, it's it's not separate. Yeah. Like, it's hard. It's like, well, who is Amy? And it's like, you are a part of me. Like, I can't separate that. The same way that I can't separate my title of motherhood. It's it's a part of me. But for sure, it's, it's would be this... It is the same for me because so much of what I have chosen to do has been based off of our life right yes the family like I, I, I can't separate those choices of right. like this is what I want to do but I think that's why our partnership is strong is because I think if we were so defined and like the wants and needs you're like it's and this is not going to be the right word of, of selfish yeah but that is what it is is until you are married to someone until you are responsible for and with another human being is everything that you do is self-fulfilling and self-serving. Sure. Whether you like it or not. It's, it has a negative connotation attached to it, and it's not meant to be in the circumstance. It's meant to be factual, and yeah. it's exactly what happens. So when you're 35 and you have been used to doing everything solely for yourself, yeah. I think, and again, it would be interesting to see the statistics on this in another generation, of how well these marriages have worked that have happened later but it just it seems like it would be more difficult to come together and intertwine yourselves in a partnership 
if all you've ever known your whole life up until that point is doing everything for yourself. Yeah. But it's, I think that's why it's, again, everybody advised us that, whoa, this is way too fast. You're way too young. This is stupid. And I understand the reasons why. Yeah. Because it's how much do you know when you're 20? Fuck all. Right. But the, for for us, we knew that this was this was this was the right de- decision, and I understand that that is circumstantial. Yeah. But for me, though, it's, just, it's your battle buddy. It is. It's, it's just the, it's just like you're my person, mm-hmm. and I and I want to navigate whatever comes next with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and but and I understand. And do you need to get married for that? I don't think so. No. You know, in all reality, it's like there was a lot of pieces of we get married and all these very specific things for where we got married and why we got like all these pieces that get tied to it. But at the end of the day, like once you find your person. Right. I think that that's all that matters. But it's again, it's going back to the evolution of me is like who I was was very different from being young and single to when we first met to now 13 years later. And there's a lot of things that, like I said, I feel like I've gone downhill, like I struggle with because sure. I have personality change. And again, again, those aren't gunshots. Yes. For all of you, we're not in the middle of a war zone. But it's, I have been able to self-identify that have been circumstantial, that it's like, holy shit, I thought my whole life all I wanted to be is a mom and everyone told me how many maternal instincts I have and how... You know, I felt like this was going to fulfill every part of my being. And I'm like, I really struggle with this. And I feel like I'm a failure as a mom every single day of my life. And being a stay-at-home mom has forced me to be in this little bubble. And now that I've been in this bubble, I recognize that, like, holy shit. Sometimes when I go to a store, I get overwhelmed by, like, the fact that there's people around me. And it's, you know, people are now experiencing this now that COVID has yeah. relinquished a little bit. But, like, I've experienced this sensation for years now. Yeah. Of, like, I I can't go... To the amusement park. Yeah, because there's too many people. Yeah. Or I can't... I don't want to go to somebody's house and sit and have wine. Like, that literally sounds like my, my, my nightmare. Because yeah. I struggle with, like, basic interpersonal communication <laughs> with anybody that's not you. Or, or as a toddler. Or as a toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can sit and have sippy time all damn day with a three year old, but don't ask me to do it with the three year old's mom. Right. I will not do well. Right. But it's, there are things. So I've been able to self identify that it's, I used to be able to do these things. Like I would go out as a single person and meet people, or I could talk to like people that I didn't know in a classroom and it would be okay. I've always been introverted and I've always been shy. But my ability to do things seemed stronger then than it is now. And so I can self-identify. But again, it's it's that change. I'm continuing to change. It's not like I'm dead set. Again, it's, For sure. 100%. It's this, I, I, as I have become more of an adult now, I am starting to solidify more in the things that I like and I don't like. Right. I don't like drinking. As right. much as people, like it's a normal social situation... And people wish that I did it yeah. because it's what everyone's... It's like, I don't like alcohol. I'm yeah. sorry. I yep. don't like it. I don't like concerts and loud music. I don't... Like, there are certain things... Which is why you're not going with me to Rammstein. That's... Yes. That's a rare form of torture. That. It's going to be... But you know what? 
I'm going to, I'll struggle through it. I know. But it's, th- so there are just certain things that just like, you know what? No, I, I don't care if yeah, don't this care. is abnormal, but this is who I am. And I, 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 I don't care. And this is what's so hard for so many other people is that it's not a judgment call on you, on them. Yes. Yes. Right? It's like, I, guys, I, I don't want to drink. But fucking go for it. Yeah, I, I don't care. Like if you, you do, you yeah. do you. Yeah, it's not a I. Well, I don't put that in my body type right. situation. It's it's just a fundamental. I I don't like the taste. I the only time I've ever gotten drunk was on my twenty first birthday. That was purely out of coercion. I'm pretty sure terrible things happened that I will never know about. But I did. I don't like the feeling of losing control. Right. It's the same way when I have surgeries. I don't take the narcotics. Because I get that similar sensation, right. where I feel I don't like the idea of losing control. Mm-hmm. The taste is 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 awful, and I don't like the social component that goes along with it. That right. it's like because you're together, you have to do. It's like fill in the fill it in with anything. Right. Chocolate cake. It's like oh, because we're all in a group now, we need to pass around the chocolate cake, and it's yeah. like well, what? That's stupid. Right. So it's I just I I don't like it. Right. And I just, I know things about me that it's like, okay, I did these things when I was younger, like when I was 20 and I would go to a club and dance. It's like, okay, this is apparently what we do because we're single. And it's like, no, I don't like any of this. I don't like to be touched. I don't like loud sounds. Club I don't like dancing. The worst place for you. Yes. 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 All I can think of is. Yes. Dan Cook's stand up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the woofer. Mm-hmm. Bang up against you with my denim cock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, that and it's just just don't don't touch me, don't look at me, don't breathe on me, go away. But so again, there are th- things that are just I have identified that it's who I am. Yeah. And I've come to own that as an adult and not give a shit. Right. Anymore, but I also recognize that there are things that have turned into a negative connotation for me that I don't like that I would like to change and that I'm going to continue to evolve right as we get married and that's one of the coolest things as as we get married as we age as we age yeah through marriage Um, and maybe to close this off and kind of tie it all together it's the one thing that's really cool to think about and we've talked about this frequently but the fact is is that we got married at such a young age we had kids at such a young age that it's by the time if we're lucky to get continue to move forward and and be able to be together and get the opportunity to to kind of live that next life mm-hmm. it's the kids henry is 4 mm-hmm. so he's 18 I'm do math right in 14 years so in 14 years so I'm 33 are you you're not 33 I am 33 god damn it why is it every time that you I know, I, I just age. keep getting younger. You do? You're like, I'm going to be 36 this year. How are you 31? So it's. Am I 36 this year? No, God, no. You're not that much older than I am. No, you'll be 35. I was born on a hot summer's day. Yeah. And That's what I'm talking <laughs> in about. In early August morn. All right. The year of but, our Lord. In the year of our Lord. <laughs> but my point is, is that it's. That means, right? Get ready for some big time math. I'll be forty-seven. When all the children so empty nesters, you'll be you'll be forty-nine. That seems so empty nest. No more kids. I think it's more appalling that like 
at 40 when most people are now having babies that's my point michael's leaving but we'll that's it just it's two, our kids are two remaining teenagers. right that are that are going so if we're lucky enough to where it's just you and i it's at 50 yeah it's you have you have 60 more years of life left because <laughs> the women in my family because nobody can. fucking dies yeah. but it's that's a whole nother lifetime yeah. And that is definitely where it made it so fucking sad that the goddamn family here had their the wife die. Yeah. Because, like, motherfucker, we get to that age. We talked about this on that episode around that same time period. But it's like you get to the point where the kids are gone. It's time to live your life. And then fucking you die. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jesus. It's, it's insult to injury. But the idea is that you have a whole nother life. So yeah. it's whatever you choose to do next, whether it is go to school or go do whatever it is you want to do you actually have a legitimate shot at doing whatever that is but it'll be interesting to see as well how we continue to change and evolve i think one thing too as a final point yeah is and I, i don't think this is unique but i talk about this with my friends frequently it's just like uh, we have we try to remember the experience of what it's like to be in this so that we don't become that when we are a grandma or when we're an old lady. Don't become those people that are awful. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, God, like, fill in the blank. Where it's like my mother-in-law or, um, or this fucking Vicky across the street or whatever it is. Yeah. Like the, the nosy neighbor or the obnoxious aunt or the overbearing mother-in-law like whatever it is is being in your mid-30s and being in this boat of kind of what's deemed for those people is you're still a stupid child but you are very much adult and you have kids it's like just remembering these stages of like what it was like to be and it's why you when people are like oh teenage puppy love and like they blow it off you're like listen bitch like that's a very and i can't tell you how many people i know that are high school sweethearts that are still happily married sure like it's a testament to the fact that yeah kids make mistakes just like everybody Mm -hmm. but nobody looks at the person that waits till they're 30 to get married and gets divorced two years later it's like oh that's just puppy love but it's like that's it's the equivalent of when they were 17 you idiot fucks Right, and they get and yeah, they break emotion, up. Yeah, the emotions are the yeah. emotion. It's just when they're when you're when you're a teenager. It's just it's very much love. You're just experiencing often for the first time, and it's a very very powerful emotion. So you haven't had the learning experiences that go with it quite yet. You're you get hardened. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's not real. Yeah. And it's, so it's like we we talk about it frequently that we just hope that we can remember what it was like to love for the first time and be a teenager to be in our 20s to be young and fucking exhausted and broke having these kids driving a used minivan that needs a new transmission like it's the kid that's just screaming in the fucking grocery store right because it seems that's what is crazy is it seems to be but by the time you're 60 and 70 apparently you forget what it's like to have little kids and what it's like to be in this stage of life and that's one thing that i really really hope that even as we continue to change and evolve as people that it's i don't forget and i hope that technology is able to push that in your face whether it is like you know because when you see time hops yeah you're like, exactly Holy shit. 
Michael, do you remember like when he couldn't speak or walk and he was still shit in his pants? Like that doesn't seem like that ever existed. Right. And it like shoves it in your face that he's aged 10 years and he's going to age another 10 years. Yeah. And I hope that because we have these technologies that we are recording content and we everybody has a camera in each other's face at all moments that it will allow us to see a little bit more every little stage and so you can recall what it's like and like have perspective with that as you continue so that I, I be, don't become a cunty old woman yeah it's um definitely one of the pieces of like what's the purpose of this podcast what's the point of us having these conversations a big piece of it is very much for me in the back of my mind is that because of like the historical nature of my brain Mm -hmm. just uh, enjoying history and all that but is having these living histories Mm -hmm. is my parents don't have this no my grandparents didn't have it so it's just these small uh, you have photos maybe you have writings journal entries and so like you have that which is Mm -hmm. great like journals is most of the time it's like the best content that we've ever had before right but it's it's everybody enjoys a trip down memory lane but that's it and but that where a lot of this content for you and i it's it's these are just conversations that we have already Mm -hmm. and there may be a topic that hits where we're talking about it and we just we say all the time like this we should podcast about this topic but it's not something that we necessarily have rehearsed so being able to have these it's just a living history of these different moments and definitely that has been brought more to light where we've had some folks that have reached out to us and like it's oh we saw episode we saw the title of episode 53 mm-hmm. so i started over at episode one and we're like oh, oh god mm-hmm. that's a mistake i'm not even i am nervous about going back to episode one mm-hmm. and re-listening to what it was but the fact is is that then that person's reached out to you individually mm-hmm. and this has been like you know it's just it's the evolution yeah like thank you so much yeah. for these things that you said yeah during that time period so that's where it's just it's the value is just it's there for just merely having shown up and hit record yeah. just to have those conversations and i think so many people have it that it's not it's not unique and it doesn't have to be earth shattering yeah it's just it's the same reason why if if i were to find a journal entry from someone from 1752 it's still interesting even if it's just the day in their life it's and 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 oftentimes the joke is you do this for your grandkids yeah because your kids don't give a shit no but like your grandkids it's like how cool would it be to have journal entries or recordings of your grandparents to kind of hear the things that they're dealing with or that they dealt with and hear their perspective and hear their thoughts on it. So that definitely is another big piece of it for me is that there'll be different projects that we do and I have some projects that I'm starting to work on and think about of what we want to do of like that's heavy business side. But a lot of this stuff will continue to be this for us, for our business, quote unquote, for us just talking and kind of sharing these these ideas that we have baby steps yeah no matter what they are but grow together we should hold hands and sing a song now yes good talk touch tips yep yep
You can find us on social media for at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. Find us on Instagram at, at It's Possible VS. That's V as in victory, S as in Sam, at It's Possible VS. You can also find us on Facebook at It's Possible Virtual Solutions. You can find John at on Instagram at jbanksfl. And you can find Amy on Instagram at amy.m.fairbanks. That's A-I-M-E-E dot M dot Fairbanks on Instagram. If you're interested in being able to uh, talk to us more about some different things that you have going on, you'd love to be able to get our input and be able to have us possibly come in and work with you and help you with the things that you have going on, shoot us an email at info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. That's info at itspossiblevirtualsolutions.com. Lastly, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a review. This helps you get alerts when we drop a new episode. It also helps others find the podcast when they search for us. It'll only take you a minute or two, and we sure get excited when we see some love that comes our way. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Till next time.